Welcome to the Pursuit of Relentless podcast. You've got Elena here. I'm super excited today to have Stefan on the podcast. I am so excited to introduce you guys to him. We've had such a good pre-interview. I was like, man, I don't even want to stop talking. So welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Elena. It's a pleasure to be here. I echo that. We had a great time talking with you earlier today. Yeah, I loved it. Every minute of it. And I took so many notes. So I know everyone's going to get a ton of value out of our talk today. Um, Why don't we start with you going into a little bit about your story and how you started in business? Sure. Love to. So yeah, my name's Stefan. I live in New Jersey. I grew up with a family that ran a manufacturing business and I worked in and out of here since I was a little kid, since I was about 12 years old. And then officially 14, they put me on the books and pay me a check. My only dream when I was a little kid was to drive the forklift. And that took about four years for them to let me get behind that. I also had official license, but I did everything, everything, machining, grinding, whatever little tasks they could give me to do. I was doing every little task, you know, within the shop. Then I moved within different areas of the company when I was growing up. And then uh, I kind of wanted to do things differently. I was at that age, I was 18. I wanted to kind of become my own person. And I looked at my father as, as who's an amazing entrepreneur. And, and, you know, we'll get into a lot of that later, I'm sure. But, uh, I didn't see what that was when I was 18. I didn't realize what it meant. Uh, and I was like, ah, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to go study business and finance and economics. Although he wanted me to become an engineer, kind of like his family did. Although he never became an engineer, he became a business student himself. I went out, went to school and I graduated with finance and economics. And I started working in the finance industry for about five years and worked as a planner. And I learned a lot about people. I learned a lot about what makes people tick, what makes them get up every day and you know, every interaction they had with company, with customers, especially them kind of getting started out in the relationship with me as their financial planner was tell me about yourself. What do you, you know, what, what makes you want to go to work every day? What's your pride and joy? What's the things that get you to earn money, save money and, and go and so forth. And I started to really understand the interactions of people and drive and driven missions and, and everything that they're trying to accomplish. And then after about uh, five years, I started to not really have any interest in that anymore. And I was uh, initially, I wanted to go to work and work less than my dad who was putting in about 70 hours a week. I said, you're crazy. And then I started to look at myself. I was putting in almost 80 hours a week. I'm like, all right, this is kind of against the grain of the mission of what I thought about. But then I started to realize, you know, what it meant to work on your own. Because as a financial planner, as much as you're part of a company, you're working for yourself, you're building your own practice, and your own business. So I started to really gain some joy in that whole aspect. But it just wasn't the industry where I was. I've always as a kid, kind of like my father, we're always trying to figure out how stuff works. You know, we're not engineers, mechanics or anything along those lines. But you know, we get far enough along just by thinking logically through how things work. So I just I, I found that that industry was no longer for me. I sat down with them, my dad at the time and found a way to get back into the business. And I've been here for about 13 years now. And we're in the industry of uh, making really high temperature industrial equipment that takes either molded metal or 3D printed metal nowadays and puts it through a temperature and a heating process where it takes metal powder and eventually makes it into a solid metal shape, which is wild. And it's a niche industry. And, you know, I'm not an engineer. Like I said beforehand, I can talk about it till I'm blue in the face, but I've moved myself through lots of different ranks. I've I moved into a lot of different management roles within the company purely based on my ability when I was working in finance to understand people, understand what people need and drives them to do what they need to do. And you know, when I look at management and I look back at the time I worked at Ameriprise, I draw on a lot of those experiences uh, we'll talk about later. But I started to realize when you're in management and you're in leadership, you're working technically for your people. How do you help them become better? How do you help them shorten their lead times to build something? Or how do you help them overcome a challenge that they're facing? And you start to become a person of the people 
and that really started to drive me into wanting to do more within the company and wanting to get myself up into different ranks of the company. And today, you know, 13 years later, I'm running the business. My dad's out technically semi-retired as he likes to tell people, but it's, you know, the, the joy that I have every day other than solving problems in the business is talking to customers, helping them solve the problems and sharing what we can do to get them there. Not just what our equipment does. It's what else can I do to help you? Right. And then I do the same thing with the team we have here. And it's, it's really been a lot of the fun and the joy I've had over the last you know 20 plus years of working in, in different industries. I love that. I think that my favorite part as well is the leadership and personal development side of things. Like Teaching people that they can have better lives is why I do the podcast, right? Working for your people, I love that line. Just people don't understand really when they start out in business how much work it's actually going to be. And when you are all in, you're all in. And the coolest part is watching your people change and develop into their best self and like having them step into leadership roles and having them just really come out into who they are. And just watching that is so beautiful. And I think that is my number one favorite part of just being in business where I lead a volunteer army, (laughs) right? So people win. And I'm like, this is awesome. So much better. You know, what's the cool part too, is when you have a mission for someone in your head that you can't clearly tell them yet because they won't grasp it, but you see that progression of them moving themselves through. It could take a year, could take two years even, but knowing in your head that they're going to hit these milestones along the way and you're just so excited and you know, they're going to go and kick it and scream in the beginning, but that you know that you're going to change this over and you know that they're going to get to that point where they're going to be like, man, thank you so much. I'm so happy you put your energy into this or I'm so happy you're there for me. You know, that kind of reward for me helps me get up the next day and realize I'm going to go do that again. I want to go get that same statement from somebody else. I'm glad you helped me with this. I'm glad you're there for me. I take this into my personal life too. It's, you know, all my business lessons and a lot of things I've learned when I was in finance, I pull into today's world. And we're going to talk a little bit about things you want to control and things you can't control and how that stuff all kind of plays together. That, that really drives me. That's the best part of why I work and why I do what I do every day. Well, that's the difference between being a boss and being a leader, right? When I was in the oil sands, it was like, they just tell you what to do. They don't sit there and go, okay, well, how is this going to impact your life long term? I had my mentor go, Lena, you don't ask me enough questions. And I'm like, damn it, what kind of questions am I supposed to ask? Like, I don't know what to (laughs) Like, you know what I need to do. Tell me what to do. And he's like, no, you got to figure that out for yourself. And I was like, okay. And now that I've been actually running my company for a while, I actually understand a lot more about the logistics behind the team building stuff and like how often you actually have to talk to people and about what kind of things. It's not just like a random conversation. You have to lead conversations in the direction that you want them to go, even if it's towards their goals, like helping them uncover their goals and helping them really like dig into that more. I love sitting down with people and then them telling me that all they want is to be comfortable. And I'm like, Kate, what's your definition of comfortable? Yeah. And they can't so tell you. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, think about it. Like, what do you want? What would be yeah. your end game? What's your big picture? You know what I mean? And then dream a little bit bigger. And if you can dream a little bit bigger, you can create that life for yourself, even if it's not exactly what you've pictured, but you're going to be a lot closer if you have a clear vision of where you're going versus just sitting there going, someone's just going to tell me what I can do. So when I first started in business, they said, don't let your income control what your dreams are going to be, right? Because then you're just going to limit yourself so much because you're stuck within this. Okay. I make a hundred grand a year. Okay. I only make a hundred grand a year. 
what yeah. can I do with the extra five or $6,000 that I get a year? Well, what do most people do? They travel. Yeah. Right? Versus being in a business like mine, where I'm capable of doing whatever I want, building however big I want. I'm like, okay, how can I get to 10 million? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm nowhere yeah. near that, but I know that it's possible. And that yeah. is done by helping other people get what they want. Yeah. I love that. So true. You know, it's funny. We talked in our conversation earlier, how like there's just similarities in what we used to do when I was in finance and what you're doing with your customers and your business and so forth. But it's more than just helping customers. It's helping the advisors and the group that you're building underneath them. One of the favorite things I had when I learned this, when I was at Ameriprise, uh, which was initially American Express financial advisors before they branched out and became their own company. But they did a lot of training with new advisors. And one of the things and programs they went through was called Witty Wiffy, which is what do you want for yourself? Uh-huh. Uh, and that kind of kickstarted my whole brain and mindset around planning, vision planning, board planning, dreams, you know, dream planning and all that stuff. And, you know, vision boards work, you know, you, I know you've worked with these in the past and, you know, dream planning, you're talking with your customers and so forth about that. But that's a huge part of it. You know, it, the whole idea of being comfortable, what does that mean? You know, some people comfortable is driving a monster truck every day and flipping that thing over and destroying cars where somebody else could be sitting on a beach with a, with a Mai Tai. Yeah. So if you don't clearly define what that is, you're never going to achieve it. Goal setting and goal planning, which is such a huge part of people's lives that I think they neglect or they fail to give it the attention they need. They'll set this monstrous goal of comfortable or I want to be in a beach, you know, in 20 years for the rest of my life awesome. But if you don't think about and break that down and unpack every little aspect of what it takes to get there, you're never going to achieve it. Just like setting up a financial plan for somebody. If part of setting up a financial plan for somebody is to be secure in their retirement, you need to make sure you have the right insurances in place. You need to make sure you have a cash reserve set up. You need to make sure you're putting money into different you know, retirement accounts, both tax-free and taxable. You got kids that are going to steal money from you in one way or another. So, I mean, there's so many different avenues. You got to break it down to the basics or you're never going to achieve it. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's something I've learned along the way. And it really hammered that into our heads a little bit when we started at Ameriprise. And a lot of people, when you get into finance, they always say there's brainwashing going on and all that stuff, but it's not really brainwashing. It's adjusting your mindset to look at things differently. Exactly. But each individual takes that how they want to take it. For me, a lot of it was, okay, let's look internal, figure out myself and what I want to be and where I want to go. So that as I'm asking people to do the same thing, I can talk and have that same conversation with them of this is how I did it. This is what my plan was and my structure was built. Not to tell them to do it exactly like it, but just as an example. Uh-huh. Right. Otherwise, you're sitting there as a fraud asking somebody to do something that you don't know how to do. Dude, my first time doing goal setting, I will never forget that moment because I'd never done it before. And my trainer sat down with me and she's like, okay, Elena, what do you want? And I was like, what do you mean? I want a house, I want some property. And she's like, no. <laughs> what would you do if time and money weren't holding you back? She said, unlimited yeah. income, unlimited time. You're going to live forever. You're going to have all the money in the world. What are you going to do with it? And I just started crying, like bawling my eyes out. Cause I was like, whose life can I impact? And then she started asking just really good questions. And I think being a professional question asker is so important because when you ask yourself good questions, you start really getting your mind going and you're like, okay, well, how do I make this stuff happen? I'm like, my friend has kidney disease. I want to pay for every single thing that she needs because she took care of me for so long. I want to buy my mom a house in retirement. I want to make sure that my nieces and nephews are taken care of. I want to make sure that my siblings are taken care of. I want to make sure that the world is taken care of. I'm like, I want to be a huge impact on the world, whether it's my name or my business. I don't care if it's 
Elena Natig changing the world. I want it to be just like a force for good, just going out and being relentless and just going, hey, if we come together and we're all mission driven and we're all supervision focused, we can change so many things in the world, but you can't do it alone. So true. Oh, it just so true blows my mind. (laughs) But you, you, yeah, you do it in your way. You know, you do it in a way where it's purely a give. It's not a give with the intention of a take. Yeah. You know, I think about this, this is an interesting topic. So like the other day I was having a conversation with somebody who constantly gets phone calls from like the police benevolent funds and the firemen's association, all these places. It's like our company, we donate money to the local police department here. We donate monies to the local health insurance or the health department and so forth and the fire department and so forth. Because we need them if something happens with our business here. We need their support and their help. And my intention is to donate to them so that they have resources available to them and so forth. And that to me is pure donation. Pure helping and giving is when you're doing it on your terms, not when somebody calls you and says, hey, my name's you know, Mike, I'm calling from the so-and-so foundation and we'd love to have your support to this, that, and the other. And it's like, cool, you can make a decision to support that. And there's really nothing wrong with it. But a lot of times you get these phone calls from these people. It's like, cool, if you donate X now, we're going to give you this, 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 this. It's like they're asking to give and it doesn't feel pure. No. Right. And it's the same aspect of like thinking about helping other people within your business or helping people on your team. You got to do it purely. The only take you should have out of that is the joy of giving that. That should be the only take. There should be nothing material, nothing that comes from it. And if there is, I feel like it's malintended. Yeah. So in our business, we profit off people's sales, which is awesome because it gives you incentive to just go that extra mile. But at the same time, it's not about the money at all. You can make money in any business, but you look at my husband's career as an operator, for instance, him going to work makes the company a ton of money. All he has to do is show up and push dirt and he does really well with it. But now it's not about them making money off him. Now it's about them training him to do what they want him to do next, right? Go into leadership or be a shovel operator or whatever they choose for his path to do. But in our business, it's totally different, right? I'm like, hey, you choose your freedom. You choose your path. If you want to work, awesome. If you don't, I don't care. It's just so different. But that's being a boss versus being a leader again. I'm in it for you, right? I'm in it for you. I'm not in it for me. Yeah, so true. So what do you feel about the control, can't control, that kind of thing that we were talking about earlier? Yeah, I love that. So that was one of the other things, you know, this goes back, man, I was 24. So this goes back 15 years ago when I learned this, when I first started in finance. So one of the whole projects of that Woody Wiffy program, what do you want for yourself was dream planning, understanding, you know, development and situational or leadership type of moments when you're with customers and clients and, you know, taking a new client that's really excited about something and they're in a certain situation where you have to know how to coach them, right? Versus this person who's more seasoned as a veteran in what they're doing. And you don't need to coach them as much. You just need to advise them. But what I started to really get into was this other aspect of what they started talking about. And they talk about something called the three bucket approach. And the three bucket approach is you have one bucket of things you can control. The second bucket is things you have influence over. And the third bucket is things you have barely, you have no control and no influence over. So the first bucket, bucket control, there's only one thing that fits in that bucket. And that is you and yourself. And that is it. And if you break that down into what it truly means, when you compare that to the other two buckets, so the second bucket is things you can influence. So this conversation is is a conversation of influence. I can tell you and ask you to go do something with your life if you're having a challenge or a problem. Just like with leadership, you can coach, advise, and help people 
but it's on them to take that step, right? Like you could tell me to stand up right now in this chair or from this chair. And it's my choice, my control, whether I want to do that or not. Right. And then that third bucket is things you have no control over. So like, if it's going to rain today, it's going to rain today, right? I, unless I'm, you know, veil mountain and I'm trying to play with the mountains in terms of the amount of moisture that's in a cloud, that's the only thing they're trying to do. So they're trying to influence, but the fact that it's actually raining is not their choice. That's just stuff that you just have no, no control over. So it, I really focus on those two buckets, the first and the second. Uh-huh. And I look at almost everything I do in my life. And it's funny how, it's, how I step back to this so many times and draw on that little moment where so many people thought this was trivial, but for me, it really impacted my world and my life. And I look at any situation I'm in, whether it's hard or easy or whatever it is, like even with planning my day and looking at my schedule, I say to myself, okay, these are the things that I need to get done today from a schedule perspective. I know I can control this situation, this situation, and this situation, but that's an eight hour day, right? For me, more or less, it's 10, 11 hours and so forth. There's going to be things that are influencing my day constantly because as a leader, you're always having people around you. So if time management is the overall topic, you need to know what you can control and you have to know you can influence situations by coaching your people around you to become better at what they do and give them resources and information to make better decisions towards things, but it's still on them to do it. So, and that's just one aspect, time management and scheduling, right? But you can take that idea and that concept of control versus influence. And if you can step back before you act on those things, you can know a little bit better how to approach it and how to go about with an intention and a desired outcome, right? Like if I'm going to help you with something, I know I'm going into that with influence only. And if it doesn't go the way I want it to go, I can't get pissed about it, right? I can't get aggravated and let it ruin my, my internal person versus if I'm going into the gym myself and I'm going to go try to work out, I'm going to go in there controlling those situations. And I know for myself, if I got up and I only did six reps and I was supposed to do 10, Shit, well, I got to do those four more because I get to choose and make that control towards getting that extra work in there, right? So, where so a lot of that has to do with... Down? Say again? Where do you think people fall down? I think the biggest challenge is a lot of people, and I mean, this happens in relationships and this happens in business relationships and everywhere else. I think a lot of people go into situations thinking they can control it and the desired outcome is, is an outcome that they could control themselves, but they look at the situation incorrectly where they, they don't realize that this is only an influence situation, right? You can only provide so much help. It's like taking a, you know, what's the saying? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. It's the same thing. You can influence the situation, but you can't make decisions for people. You can't get that person to do something else. So depending on where you are in life and whatever your profession is, you really got to focus on that. So if you're a fitness professional and you're there to help people know, and there's, you know, the really, really good trainers and professionals realize that because they say, listen, I'm going to get you as far as I can. You got to put the work in, right? I've been to plenty of physical therapists over the years. I've, you know, ripped my Achilles. I've ripped my ACL and all this other stuff. And I'm sitting there and I, you know, at the end of a few weeks, I go to my trainer who was actually one of my best friends. I'm like, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so happy. Like you helped me get here. You got me here. You got me here. They looked at me right in the face and they're like, no, you did it. All I did was give you the instructions. And I'm like, wow, that's actually, that's right. People don't give themselves the credit when they're in a control situation and they try to take too much credit when they're in an influence situation and they look at it wrong. And I think that's probably the biggest disconnect a lot of people have is they don't go into a situation knowing what their emotional side should be at the potential of whatever the outcome is. Yeah, people don't necessarily give themselves enough credit for the stuff that they're doing. So I had a conversation with a client today and she's like, I saved five grand and that's the most money I've ever had in my life. And I was like, dude, give yourself a high five. Like, that's That's freaking awesome. awesome. 
think of other people in your situation who have nothing. They have nothing saved. And she's like, even through all of the pandemic stuff and everything like that, she's like, my work's been really inconsistent. I've been going to school and I still saved five grand. And I was like, yeah, quit bitching. <laughs> like, yeah. awesome. Like, give yourself a high five. And so it was just like a mindset coaching conversation more than anything, because I'm like, dude, you have to understand that you're on the growth trajectory and you got to give yourself that leeway and quit beating yourself up so much. And I'm like, I'm hypocritical in that sense, because I think we're all our own biggest critics, but it's crazy to understand how everyone's at different levels in their life, but we're all striving to be better. Yeah, of course. But know there's things you can control and know there's things that you can't control, but you can still have good outcomes from, right? And that's the biggest thing is a lot of people, and you hear this all the time in relationships, right? People try to control and I want to fix this person. I want to do this. And if it doesn't go that way, it's like, holy shit, this is terrible. But that's not your outlook from the get-go is wrong, right? And that's the problem is you can only do so much for other people. They still have to be part of it. It's a two-way street. Like I think of, I I think of this analogy all the time when I think of any relationship, whether it's a friend, a parent, usually it's a mutual relationship, like a man and woman, a man and a man and a woman or whatever, but like a a, a loving relationship. This is, I think, where it plays the biggest impact. If a relationship is going to be strong and it's going to be good, think about the missions that they want to have together, the goals they want to have together, right? Think about that they're all completely aligned in a beautiful, perfect relationship that you have similar trajectories, similar ideas, similar visions. That's beautiful. And that's all a big giant rope that you're holding onto and pulling yourself up with and so forth. But each person in that relationship only has one hand. And in order to get that relationship going, you have to both be holding onto this rope. But in order to pull the rope, one person's hand has to be on top of the other hand in order to keep pulling that rope. And the challenge is, is realizing that if you let that other person's hand be on top, you're sacrificing and letting and compromising that other person's hand be there. A lot of people don't want that. People want to have their own hand on top all the time. So think about it. If I have my hand on the rope and the other person goes to put their hand on top of mine and I say, nope, I'm going to go on top of yours. We both aren't holding the rope anymore. We're both losing control of where we're going. So knowing that you have to sacrifice and compromise in order to get towards mission somewhere and understanding that you got to let someone else be part of it with you when you're in a relationship is huge and you got to let someone else win. So if you're a good leader and you're a good boss and you're a good you know, manager of your people, the best one in that area is the one that lets the other person come up with the answers themselves. Because at the end of the day, if the vision's the same, it doesn't really matter all the time how you get there. It's just that you're keeping moving towards that. Exactly. So I use that rope analogy all the time. And it, for me in my head, it's just, it's beautiful. That works so well. So my husband, the one thing that I love the most about him is he is himself. He doesn't care what other people think about him at all. He just goes in with a loving heart and good intentions. And he's like, I don't care if I have holes in my shirt. There is one shirt. Oh my goodness. It is so funny. I'm like, when are you going to throw that out? And he's like, still a good shirt. Got lots of life left in it. Real soft, right? (laughs) There's more holes than not holes in it. And he doesn't care. Like he can make all the money in the world. And he's like, it's still a good shirt. (laughs) I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like you look homeless. Like, come on. And he's like, who cares? I don't care. He's like, I'm wearing it to work. I'm not trying to impress anybody. Like, I'm just trying to be comfortable and I love it and it's comfortable. And this is me, Elena. You love me for me. And I'm like, yeah, I do. I get that. 
drive me crazy, but you know, it's just so funny because we're so different and yet we're so aligned. Like you were saying, like when we went to sit down this year to do our goals together, he's like, we kind of accomplished everything. And I'm like, what do you mean we accomplished everything? He's 27. I'm like, so what's, what the next 60, 70 years of your life are just, you know, planned by whatever <laughs> you've created now. I'm like, I don't think so, man. Like, yeah. come on, this is the beginning. He's like, well, yeah. kind of want to buy a Harley. I'm like, good. Okay. Harley Davidson. It's going on the list. <laughs> and he's like, okay, now we're saving to start a family and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, well, this is our work year. Like we're going to go all in this year. And that's a sacrifice as well. Cause you're not going to get as much time together. You're going to be focused on building the business. You're going to be focused on the overtime with his work and stuff like that. So yeah, you're giving, 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 giving. But with the intention, we're going to receive. We're going to be at a point in a couple of years from now where we can move home and not have to worry about money. And I call it Freedom 35, right? I'm doing a program starting January 1st with anyone who wants to join me um, called Freedom 35. And it's literally just going to be a personal development journey that I'm going to encounter myself for the first time. Like I haven't done this, but it's going to be all of the habits that I think are going to be helpful for Mm. people to become financially independent stable, like not have to worry and hopefully on track for retirement by like 35. You know what I mean? Because my demographic is fairly young. And uh, I think it's important for people to understand that it only takes 10 years of solid growth. You know what I mean? To really make a huge difference. So if you're focused on your spending and you're focused on your personal development and reading every day, that stuff compounds. Hell yeah. Big time. Like yeah. I love that we were talking earlier and he was like, oh, I'm super good today. Cause I got a really big order. And I was like, dude, that's amazing. Yeah. Cause you know what? I bet you worked really hard for that. Yeah, absolutely. For a long ass time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. You know, we talked about this you know, the other day too, when we were chatting, but we talked a little bit about setting goals. Setting goals is huge, right? Every single year you should set goals for yourself, but you need to unpack and break those down to the individual tasks. But the problem is, you know, A lot of people get stuck in a rut. They get stuck in a place where they feel like they're no longer moving forward. They feel like they didn't do what they needed to do or they're not going, they're not moving, right? And they get frustrated and it gets hard. And the thing that I think a lot of people have a problem to do, and I don't do a great job of it either, but I've done it a little bit over the last couple of years. At the end of every year with my team, we typically do like a holiday party. And this year it's a little different. Usually we get together with our team. We get our, you know, their wives and spouses or husbands to come along. And we all sit around at a restaurant. We just hang out, have fun, make some memories. And I like to sit there and I give a little bit of a speech. And I just talk about how the year went. I talk about the vision of where we're going. I share some funny stories throughout the year and what happened. But the last two years, what I've done both times, and it's for me especially, it's pretty eye-opening and enlightening, is I go back and I look at the year and I say, okay, what are all these different milestones that we've hit throughout the year? What are the things that we set out to accomplish? What are the improvements we made in the building and the equipment and the team and the people? And I break that down to every little minutial task that we've done to get there. And I recite through that in my speech. It only takes like 10 minutes to go through. But by going through that list, I'm sitting there and I look out at my team and I look at them all and I see their faces being like, wow, remember that? Like, remember when we went through that to get there? Most people forget about what they did six days ago, let alone six months ago or eight months ago. But if you can, if you can do that for yourself, and this is all your goal setting. If you can show yourself at any given moment, hey, I've just accomplished X, Y, D to get to where I am, that might be the little crux that gets you over the negative feeling, gets you over that feeling like you're in a rut or something along those lines. Like, shit, I actually did accomplish a bunch of stuff. The problem as humans, like our problem today 
and I, I blame this on social media. I blame this on the speed of getting information in front of your hands. You forget things really quick and easy. Like what happened on the news this morning? No clue. No clue, let alone an hour ago, let alone last night, right? Nobody knows because it's just forgotten. And I think people need to give themselves some time to pull the cover off what you just accomplished, right? Or the steps you've done to get towards your bigger goal, right? If you have big, huge, lofty goals, which is where you should always set yourself to, you're always going to hit little milestones to get there. You don't need to celebrate for three weeks or two days or whatever. Just take a couple minutes. It could just be five minutes. That little bit of time and energy will get you over the hump of being negative and feeling down. Yeah. It's worked for me. I know a lot of other people have tried that too. So I encourage everybody to try to do stuff like that. When, you're, when you feel like you're down, you feel like you're not moving forward. I am reading the book right now called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And because I am in that place right now in my life. I hit a brick wall and I'm like, wait a minute. No, I didn't. Like, why am I telling myself this story of, oh, you're stuck? No, I'm not stuck. I'm up 60% of my business. And all of these incredible things have happened to me this year. And okay, well, I look at my transformation and I judge it all based on what my waistline. The one yeah. thing that I'm not doing as good at this year as I was last year, who fucking cares? Like, yeah. next you know, next, what's happening next year. So what I've done for myself in my goals for this year, because I had, I had 185 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal, which is one of Andy Frisella's lines. And I changed it because I, I looked at myself when I was at that weight and I remember how much I went through to get there. And it was awesome. I felt incredible, but I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like me. I didn't feel like the person that I wanted to be. I was like, I don't so much care about having a six pack or anything like that. I want to feel healthy. I want to feel energized. I want to feel, you know, light and airy and just able to take on the world. And I don't have to have a six pack to do that. (laughs) You know, would it be nice? Yeah, it'd be great. But why am I judging myself so much for not accomplishing one thing on my goal list? Whereas everything else I've far surpassed. Yeah. Like I hit my senior broker promotion four months into the year, hit my hundred K six months into the year or seven months into the year, whatever it was. And I'm like, and yet we still beat ourselves up and we still put ourselves down when we can just reflect on those little aspects of our year where it's like, Hey, I actually accomplished all of these things. And it really is a catalyst for next year. So my word for next year is connection. And I want to connect more not only with other people, but with myself, because I believe that when you love yourself, you can give love to other people on a whole different level. Couldn't agree more with that statement. I love that statement. Yeah. So I posted today on social media, like, what's your word for the year? And I think that when you really determine, so last year it was justice. So 2020 Mm -hmm. is justice. And I've really focused a lot on just like getting my story out there. Not so much because I'm like, I'm a badass. More like, hey, if I can do it as a normal human being, you can do it too. I'm from a small town. I had a bunch of debt. I wasn't supposed to be this person, you know, and now I've become more successful than I, I exceeded my identity. I've become more successful than I thought I was going to. And now I'm going to continue to grow and continue to develop that belief in myself because you got to be your biggest cheerleader. And you got to stop beating yourself up so much. But sometimes you have to beat yourself up a little bit to get you to that next level. Right? Yeah, it's kind of normal. Yeah, we're all humans. I mean, listen, we, you and I have 
you know, slightly known each other a little bit through Arte over the last few years. And as I said to you earlier, like I've noticed this change within yourself too, since from the beginning through where you are today. And I've seen this transformation really just through social media, which is an amazing tool, how to get to know somebody before you actually get to know them. But you hit it right on the head. You know, you're like being an entrepreneur, right? All the different graphs and all the stuff you see about being an entrepreneur. It's never a straight line. It's never a straight line up, down, straight through or whatever. It's always squiggly lines all over the place, right? So, and I think about myself, even getting this order today, I started out today having a pretty serious issue with one of my employees where we've just been going back and forth over the last couple of weeks about some issues. And it is what it is, but you're, you know, my mood is in a negative spot at that point. And then within minutes, your mood can shift because of something good that happens. And if you step back and just realize how quickly your mood can shift, it's amazing how many people get stuck in that rut and they just sit on themselves, right? Oh, yeah. And they don't try to do something that they know has worked in the past that's helped them get out of it. Like for me, when I know I'm in a bad rut or I'm not feeling good, either I sit back and it's like, if I'm in a rut because I'm not achieving the goal, I look back on all the goals I've achieved. If I'm in a rut because I feel like I've put on some extra weight or I don't feel good about myself or whatever it is, I go for a walk, go for a run, go to the gym. And even if I just do that for one day and then I flounder for a few more days, while that's not good policy, it's at least helped me get out of that moment. So it's amazing if you can, if you can, and this goes back to the control and influence that I was talking about earlier. I know I can control my mood if I counteract what my current mood is with something that's worked for me in the past. Uh -huh. Now, if that doesn't work anymore, I got to come up with a new idea. But at least I'm taking a, a step towards improvement. I'm taking a step towards where I want to go. And that's exactly what you just talked about. You might hold yourself accountable at the end of the year to all your goals by not achieving one goal, which is brutal. But if you step back and look at all the things you actually did accomplish, dude, pat yourself on the back, give yourself a, a, a cocktail if you want to celebrate that way, whatever it is, but then move forward. And that's, I think, a lot of people's issues is they, they set all these goals for themselves. And then once they get them, kind of like what you were saying about your husband earlier, it's like, cool, I'm, I 27, I hit my goals, I'm done. Really? Nope. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the drawing board. Let's write some more goals down. So you yeah. got to keep wanting to pull to the top, to go to the top. I'm a big snowboarder in the wintertime. And one of my favorite things to do whenever I am, whatever mountain range I'm at, is to get to the top of the highest peak of that mountain always. I've taken a photo at the top of every mountain I've ever been at when it comes to snowboarding. I put this collage together a while ago and I put this quote underneath it that I read that year. It says, every mountain top is within reach if you just keep climbing. Beautiful. And I love that. It makes me think about it all the time. And I think about life that way. It's like, no matter what hurdle you got to get over, you can get there. Just keep going. So I have a tattoo on my left bicep and it says, close your eyes, count to 10, hold your breath and fly. So love it. it's song lyrics from the song Fly by Maddie and Tay. But the whole song is about just believing in yourself and understanding you're going to learn the lesson if you jump in headfirst and you're going to figure it out and don't doubt yourself and just like literally go for it because it's in those moments when you're sitting there struggling with yourself and just going, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. When you go, fuck it, I'm all in <laughs> and you just make yeah. it happen. And then you're like, oh, I'm amazing. <laughs> like, this is yeah. awesome. You know, and like you just, you exceed your identity, but it helps you level up your identity because then you're at a whole new level of who you are and what you're capable of doing because you took a chance on you. Yeah. That's it. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so any, also, oh man, there's a quote I saw the other day. You've lived or you've, you've succeeded, successfully gotten over all your bad days or something along those lines. 
Some cool, like you've made it through all the hard moments and bad days that you've had. And it makes you who you are, man. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think that's where a lot of people like flounders is when they're, when they have confidence issues or they have challenges with overcoming problems and so forth, it's, they haven't built up enough moments where they've thrown themselves into a situation and realized, holy shit, I'm actually made of something that can overcome problems. Yeah. And like the first you got, if you've never done it before, you got to do it once. That's probably the hardest one, but then you do it again and just rip the damn bandaid off and get in it. You're going to live, you know, unless you're trying to jump off a cliff without a parachute and hopefully you make it like, that's a scenario that's probably a little harder to come out the other end. All right. Right. But if it's like having a hard conversation or, you know, putting in the work to build a new website, to get a new company going, like who cares if the website sucks a little bit, it's all right. You'll get past that point once you know exactly what that website to be. So long as you get something and you grow into what it needs to be, you'll get there. You'll get there. Just keep putting the foot in front of the other. Well, sometimes I go back and I listen to my first episode. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, I was so bad at this. But then I sit there and I go, but you did it. And you may not have, like, I'm pretty sure I cried in the very first episode. Yeah, you did it. You did it, girl. Good job. (laughs) You know, like, just give yourself some credit. And every episode since I've learned something new about myself and I just love being able to give to other people. And it's not like I monetize on this podcast. Like it's literally, it's a message of love to other people just going, Hey, you can do it too. And just, I hope to give people a little bit more, a little bit more, just that little bit of encouragement, that, that mentorship, that, they never got from their parents or they never got from that teacher in school that they were looking to impress or the person that they thought they were supposed to be. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. It's what you do next that matters. It's taking that chance on yourself and understanding that you will figure it out if you try, you know, it's yeah. just, if you don't try it, you're never going to be able to succeed. Yeah, true. You'll be sitting around in the same spot in a year from now. Yep. I love that. That's so, that's so good. There's there's so many ways I could, I could have, you know, quotes recited through my head, you know, to talk on this topic. And it's, it's a lot of fun when you step back and think through it. I mean, I look at where I've come through with this family business and, you know, granted, I was a little kid working through here. I kind of understood the basics to it, but when I came in, I was like a sales and contracts guy. So I was responsible for communicating to customers, making sure our guys in the shop kind of had an, an information that went back and forth. And then I got, I got asked to take over field service management because our field service guy moved to California. We kept him as a, as a tech, but we didn't have a manager. I've never led people Uh other than leading my clients when I was in Ameriprise and finance. And I didn't know the first thing about programming furnaces, nor did I really need to. I just needed to help my people accomplish what they needed to do. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, cool, I can lead people. It's just working with people. Like I said earlier, like you are their employee at the end of the day. And then we had our operations guy in the shop. We were going through some tough times in 2007 into 2008. The markets all went down. Capital equipment takes a pretty big hit when the financial economy goes down. So we had a guy in the shop who told my dad, oh, we don't want to take that work on. We're not going to make any money. And my dad's whole plan was like, listen, I need to keep work flowing through the shop so I can put food on my employee's table. Yeah. I don't care if I break even, at least we got stuff to do. And this guy became combative, didn't really care for what my dad was trying to do, which was the right, good human thing to do. So we ended up letting this guy go. We had nobody to run the shop. So I was like, I'll do it. Raise my hand. I was like, I again, never took any operations planning courses. Didn't know the first thing about all the different OSHA safeties and all the stuff we had to do. But there's books about it, right? You can read about it. You can learn about it. And at the end of the day, the mission was 
how do I help the people in the company accomplish what they need to accomplish so that the overall company goes forward? Yeah. So that's my, that was my focus the whole time. And if you can realize and stay true to what your focus is or your vision for your new company you're starting or your vision for you know, a foundation you're trying to start or whatever it is, forget about the little details. You'll figure it out along the way. You absolutely will figure it out along the way because you have to, right? You have a choice. <laughs> yeah. Learn to fly on the way down, man. Yeah, exactly. Start flapping the wings. Eventually you'll start <laughs> picking up air and you'll go, you know? Exactly. But uh, th- those were a lot of moments for me that I didn't, I didn't know, but I just, I had, I had over time in my life, I've gotten myself into situations where I just jumped in. I said, forget it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to learn along the way. And I've done that enough where as those situations came to me, it was easy for me to say, cool, I'm going to go do it. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. But I know that by me doing this, I'm helping someone that, you know, either they're in a void or I'm helping myself go forward or I'm helping other people at the end of the day, but I'll figure it out. And it's just become so easy for me. And, and, you know, especially once we joined Arte and, you know, that whole, the whole idea of just really in-depth personal development and, and, and the, the people that we've surrounded ourselves with that have this same mindset within the Arte group. God, it's just, it's, it's contagious, you know, like you just want to constantly be leveling yourself up because you, it just becomes part of you, you know, and that it keeps pushing me forward. And even though I hit days that are rutted and terrible and I have, you know, I go home, I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? Right? Like, I feel like an imposter sometimes, but then I come back the next day, it's a new day. I start off fresh and I'm like, cool, I'm going to kill today. I'm going to, I'm going to win it. Right. Exactly. So where can people get access to you if they want to connect with you more? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. It's uh, Stefan Yearn. So S-T-E-F-A-N-J-O-E-N-S. Or you can look me up on LinkedIn. I use LinkedIn as a lot of my business posts. I do a lot of educational stuff for my industry on LinkedIn and just promote knowledge around how you need to, you know, take metal powder and make metal parts out of it and so forth. But uh, personal development motivation stuff is big for me. I, you know, make quotes every day in my office for my team to see. I post those on, you know, both Facebook and Instagram. So yeah, any one of those portals, you can come find me. I'm here to help. I'm here to chat. I'm here to give a motivational speech. I'm a high energy guy, if you haven't seen. So if, uh, if there's some hype situation that you need somebody to be a part of and you're looking for somebody, I'd love to help. That's what I love doing. That is so amazing. Thanks for that. I know that everyone got so much value out of that. I know I did. I took, I took side notes on our notes. Nice. (laughs) You know, you got some good stuff when you're like, Oh yeah, that was really good. Nice. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. I really appreciate it. That's been a real honor. Hey, thanks for, thanks for letting me get out and, you know, speak a little bit of the things I've learned along my life. And, you know, I really appreciate the mission you're on to help people. And that's something that's always been a big part of me too. So any chance I have to contribute for that greater good, I, uh, I just snag that opportunity, even though I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to being on podcasts, just talking <laughs> through and being a, being a good human, right? That's the most important part. Yeah, man, add value as much as you can. Like, Hey, here's yeah. what I've done in my journey. And You never know how you're going to impact the person who's in Ireland or Spain or Australia. And, you know, like, it's so cool that we have the opportunity to spread the word like, hey, guys, we can do this. We just have to band together. And there's there's power in numbers. Right. So if you're if you're struggling, reach out. If you're having a hard time, call somebody, (laughs) like do something about it. Right. Just take that leap of faith and understand you're going to figure it out. That's so true. I want to add one little thing to that thing you just said at the end of the day. A lot of people have so much pride that they're not willing to ask for help because they feel like it's going to be viewed upon negatively from other people. But I cannot tell you 
both in my own experience of people asking me for help, but also me going out and asking for help. I think there might be 5% chance of times that I've asked for help or somebody actually shot me down. Right. Which means people, humans inherently want to help people. So for those out there in the world, listening to this podcast and you feel like you're alone, just ask somebody, just run an idea by somebody. Even if it's scary, same thing, just jump into it. You have no idea what you're going to get out of it. And it could be the next thing that's going to push you over the hump and get over what you wanted to, you know, what you had as a challenge. So I challenge you all to do that. Thank you. Awesome. Well, as you know, this podcast is not monetized. So all I ask is that you guys like and share the podcast, just help us grow it. It is so fun to be able to learn from so many different people. So this is Pursuit of Relentless signing off for the day. Have an awesome one. Gotta find a way to do the things that make you feel